Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 26. We're discussing Star Wars comics, video games, action figures, Funko Pops. Did I say comics? I did say comics. <laughs> I forget the comics. <laughs> everything. Everything Star Wars. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I tried to calm down a little bit there at the start. Because I found that I was blowing people's ears off by yelling, Hey, what? So loud. So hopefully that's a little better for your ears. Got your you're attention. Not, yeah, yanking yeah. your headbuds out, or your earbuds out when, you, when you're starting the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine 3. Yeah, title drop. Yes, it did. Weapon mm. X. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a little, little different than we were expecting. Right, yeah. Old Man Logan yeah. was the big runaround that we thought we were going to get, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this movie drops in March of next year. And yeah. it's one that we, again, don't know that much about. No. Other than rumors and that that it's adapting or at least being inspired by portions of Old Man Logan. Right. And this is the first time we're getting set photos. So we get a haggard-looking Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And an old, kind of distressed-looking Patrick right? Stewart. Holy, yeah. What are you thinking? Now, is this giving you an old man Logan vibe, the look of Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman's look, for sure, but um, their environment, not so much. Exactly. Yeah. I was curious about that, because I don't, I don't have that much depth in the old man Logan comics. Right. When I look at it, I'm kind of like, oh, there's all kinds of people around. Yeah. It looks like they're in like some public place. Right. I'm not seeing this kind of like dystopian you know, yeah, future. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, right? Um, I really do like the look, though, that they're going for with Hugh Jackman. He, he definitely has that old man Logan look. But the Weapon X title, that's kind of interesting because I would have liked this if we had it in his earlier installments. Yeah. I think that's kind of like more Wolverine's in his prime as opposed to on his way out. It's kind of kind of a waste of a title almost. Do you think he's going to be battling other people from the Weapon X program? That's interesting. That's a good call. I never even thought about that. That could be pretty cool then in that case, especially seeing um, the X-Men movie we just saw him coming out of the Weapon X. Yeah. Maybe that's foreshadowing going into his third and last movie. Yeah, and even yeah. some of the stuff that maybe Mr. Sinister doing. Right. The, the Wexus cloning. Corporation Well, that's cloning. the thing. X-23, I think. Yeah, right? so they had the little girl in there that people are speculating could be potentially X-23. Yeah. I imagine her as being a little bit older. At that point, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And especially when with the age of both Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. One thing that threw me off here was that Hugh Jackman, and I think this was in an older interview, said that this is set in a timeline we haven't seen yet in the X universe. Oh no! <laughs> My thoughts exactly. Fox, I was like, <laughs> uh, and I don't know how true it is, or if that was something that was taken out of context or whatever. Right. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, "You've got to be kidding! This yeah. is going to be even more confusing." It's, it's just too much. Like we, we mentioned before with you, me, and Elliot, it's every installment. They're trying to correct or change the continuity in, the, in this franchise. I don't know why they're doing that to the audience. No, and at least yeah. with this one, we're having you know returning characters in Patrick Stewart. Let's just stay with a timeline, with yeah. a post days of future past timeline. Exactly. And I don't know where they're going to establish or where this is going to go, and because they kind of are hinting at some of that at the end of the Wolverine. They had that weird scene, that really cool after credit scene yeah. that just went nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. And it got that because that teased Bolivar Trask, but that was in the future, right. and. So I really don't know yeah, what they're know doing what's here. Going on. We're not going to get into timeline things with X Men. <laughs> yeah, We've much. kind of bulldozed through that yeah. in the last couple episodes. But it is nice to see something coming out of this, and I'm For excited sure. to see what Hugh Jackman's seeing as his one last time, definitely as Wolverine, which upsets me a bit. Yeah, it really does. It kind of hits you a little bit, right? He's been playing the characters since like. I guess 99, 2000. Yeah, 2000. You know? yeah. Wow. And, and he wasn't even the original choice for it. He's that's kind of right. an out-of-nowhere actor. Yeah. And now he's like enormous, both physically and as a movie <laughs> yeah. star. Yeah. yeah. I think they call him uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. 
<laughs> They'll be yeah. good, and hopefully they find an actress suitable to take on the Wolverine range, someone that can portray that really aggressive, yeah. you know, Wolverine s type. I, I don't know so. much about X twenty three from the comics. Right. I haven't read, really read anything, but I'm I'm hoping that they have someone that takes on that mantle yeah. and goes with it because she's now considered Wolverine in the comics. Exactly, she's Wolverine in the comics, and she's also um, goes hand in hand with the all new X Men. Yeah. So with the new class that they've made if after uh, Apocalypse, it would make a lot of sense to have X-23 in the next X-Men movie, at least. Or a Wolverine. Yeah, but that screws all the time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> not going to yeah. go there. Not going to go there. So video games, something that we don't really talk a lot right. about on the podcast. And I'm not a big video game player, I, except for when I was, you know, in high school and I obsessively played Goldeneye and Mario Kart oh, endlessly. Oh, yeah. Damn, you odd job? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Get never shoot, always shoot over his head. Yeah. <laughs> we made a rule when we were playing is yeah. on the multiplayer is no one can be odd job because yeah. there's always a pain in the ass to shoot him and kill him. Right. And no screen looking too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In the complex. That's the only time that's yeah, what yeah. we played. Love oh, that yeah. one. Love, that, Love one. that game. But we had a lot of video game trailers drop oh, at a, a conference. I can't yes. remember the conference name. E3. E3. E3 2016. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we had the first look at Injustice Gods Among Us 2, yeah. I believe is the title. I didn't, and I know nothing about this. I didn't right. even realize. Is it just like a straight-on fighting game? Yeah, it's a straight-on fighting game uh, made by NetherRealms. It's the same guys that have been giving us the last couple Mortal Kombat movie, okay. video games. And they do an excellent job of what they've done with Injustice 1. Not just for the video games, but for the comic book alone. is just incredible. The comic book's a great story. And the video game's just so much fun. It's like it's like playing a movie almost, but in a fighting game format. So does the comic book spin out of the video game, sort of? Yeah, so the comic book leads up to the events of the video game. So okay. they basically have the installments as Injustice Year 1 and Year 2 and Year 3. Um, I think they made it up to year five. I could be wrong. I haven't been following them since uh, year two. Okay. But the video game is just incredible. Like I said, uh, NetherRealms produces the studio behind this. You know, I, did you see the trailer? I did watch the trailer. The trailer. What did you think of it? I thought it was really cool. So and it was, cool. I was kind of confused because I wasn't expecting like a Mortal Kombat Street Fighter right. kind of game. But I thought it was more like a you know single player shooter or whatever you call it. Oh, them. A first person. And, yeah, okay. first person. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Excuse my poor use of language. Yeah, uh, technically, adjusting my glasses here. <laughs> but it uh, it looks like a lot of fun. And something yeah. now that I know what it is, it's something that I wouldn't actually mind sitting down with you guys and kind For of playing because sure. it's something I don't have to commit a lot of time to. And yeah. if I figure out some of the buttons and that, I'm sure oh, I can nice. do some pretty cool uppercuts with Batman. Oh, the yeah. costumes look awesome. The, the graphics are great. Look cool. Well, that's my next thing with um, the costumes. It looks like they change, right? It looks like the costumes change a lot. Yeah. I believe it's, um they go, they're going down like a customization route. Okay. So every player kind of gets to really make their own character almost. So if you're playing a Batman and I'm playing a Batman, your Batman will look different than mine just because of the upgrades you accumulate throughout the game. That's cool. Because right? I was wondering, I'm like, well, Superman doesn't need armor. Yeah. Right? But um, I guess it's just all down to customization. Right? Yeah, and making yeah. it look cool. Because then they have yeah. Gorilla Grodd in there, Aquaman. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Which is so cool because Gorilla Grodd is a new addition and so is Supergirl. We never had them in the last one. So it's really cool to see that these two are getting shine in this uh, in this game. Here. So is there like a, kind of like a story mode that you go into? Oh yeah, yeah? definitely. Yeah. That's that's, that's where everyone praises. Battling so your way through. Yeah. Okay. So and it's cool because you know going back to like the old school games that you used to play, like Street Fighter. You know, you basically pick Ryu and then you play him throughout the whole story yeah. mode. Whereas this now they actually um, choose the character for you. So as you're playing as Batman, you kind of come across another character, and now you take on that character. To go throughout the rest of the game. So you basically get a feel of all the characters while completing the story mode. Okay, so you yeah. get kind of a variety as you go yes. through. You get to play a little bit of everyone. Yeah. That's it's, really it's cool. so well done. So I got two controllers at my house. 
We I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, I definitely. literally have not played a video game probably since the first Xbox. Like, oh wow, I've not like I and I've watched a little bit of Battlefront when it first came yep. out, kind of people playing it at uh, EB Games or whatever. Right, right. But I have not actually sat down and physically played anything, with the yeah. exception of going back and maybe plugging in an N64. Okay, once like years and years ago. So okay. I'm gonna be just just sitting there. Nice. Ma- I'm gonna be button mashing. <laughs> yeah. And I'll well, be you got button- me into the Black Series. so yeah. I gotta get you to the video games, right? <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> we also saw a trailer for a new Spider-Man game oh. as well. Oh yes, yeah, a new Spider-Man um, Sony, so it's yep. exclusively for on the PlayStation. Yeah, pay, PlayStation Four. Yeah, and it's made by uh, the creators. The studio behind it is uh, Insomniac. They're pretty cool because I mean, I'm not a Spyro the Dragon fan, but yeah. it's pretty successful. But they also created uh, Ratchet and Clank, okay, which yeah, is pretty yeah. cool. And they did a really cool game, I believe, in 2014. Maybe 15 called Overdrive. Yeah, I believe it's just called Overdrive. Yeah, I do remember seeing commercials for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sunset Overdrive, sorry. Yeah. Sunset Overdrive, and it's a really cool game. It's colorful, it's funny, um, which is all the things we need for a Spider-Man game, right? They really get their characters, and they have they have a pretty good story with most of their games. So, What did you think of his suit? I thought it looked really cool with a white spider Yeah, the, the, you know, the suit's really cool, and, and, and they had a tough job, right? Because... You know, we've already seen Spider-Man reinvented in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So again, they have to do the same because they have to separate it from the movies because it's official. It's nothing to do with the MCU. So the costume's cool. It's kind of a cross of like everything from the Ben Riley costume. Yeah, you to get the, the blue Spider-Man in it, a little one. bit of blue on the shoulders. He has the blue on the shoulders. He has, yeah, like you said, the big white spider, which yeah. is kind of going the direction of uh, the all-new, all-different Spider-Man right now with the spider on his chest. So I love it. I'm excited. And he's really like mobile in this yeah. game, you know, like some parkour yeah. stuff going on. And uh, the rumor has it, Mr. Negative might be the villain, which is cool because I've always wanted to see him in the, the big screen. Right so right loving it. His, yeah. his eyes in the in the trailer looked like the MCU oh, eyes. just like it, right? Yeah. They, I, oh, I feel so like they're cool. pulling a little bit of that. They have definitely. to Definitely. You know, and, and they've been, they must have been producing this game for a while, so they must have known what's going on with the MCU stuff. Yeah, or at least right? the design concept or for something. For sure. For yeah. sure. So yeah, E3 was great. Just such a cool event. We got some really cool content coming out there. Yeah, and later yeah. on the episode, we we're going to talk a little bit about the awesome. Star Wars stuff that was dropped yes. at E3 as can't well. Talk, can't forget about that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely not. Did you happen to go to the movie theaters this weekend to check out the new Warcraft movie? Speaking no. of video games. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was like, should I play the game or should I watch it? And I was yeah. like, ah, oh, I'll do neither. <laughs> <laughs> Not many other people went this weekend, no. at least in North America. No. So this thing pulled in $24 million on a, probably a massive budget. Oh, yeah. And they seem to be, again, these films that are trying to build a franchise, looking for this kind of Lord of the Rings-esque franchise. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the feel I got from it. So it finished second place behind The Conjuring 2, James Wan's Conjuring 2. Okay, yes. Yeah, the horror movie. Yeah, yeah. the horror movie. And I have to make a quick correction on myself. Yeah. Last week I said Justin Lin was directing Aquaman, oh. and it's actually James Wan. Oh. Both of them have directed Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Okay. But I want to correct myself there. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I misstep there. But one interesting thing about this Warcraft movie is how well it's doing in China. Wow. It's the number one movie opening weekend of all time in China. That's <laughs> Beating incredible. out Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's, that's wow. That's huge. Yeah, it's pulled in $150 million in a in five-day weekend Jeez. in China. So they must have really appealed then over there, obviously, because of uh, the video game market too. I mean, I know World of Warcraft, or Warcraft is a, in general. Is huge. Yeah. So I guess that's a big market over there. Like that game too. It must be because in China, I do know that they only have a select amount of movies that are released in a particular year. And this movie in particular sucked up, I think, like seventy percent of their wide release theaters. So it was playing everywhere, and apparently wow. a ton of people went and saw that. 
And it's the foreign market now that yeah. are driving a lot of these big movies. It does poorly domestically, but yeah. fantastic in the foreign market, and which allows it to progress into a franchise or sequels. Yes. Which right. is right. which is pretty cool. And it's seeing how big the foreign market is now almost driving a lot of the box office numbers. And the domestic, yes, it's a huge chunk of it, yeah. but it's not the only chunk of it. That's right. And box office numbers really fascinate me because when you look at them, there's so many different factors that control a particular opening weekend or an overall gross. And that might not even be the, the quality of the movie. Right. Because you take a look at Transformers or Always, something that yeah. does fantastic, but the quality of movies aren't there. Horrible. So sometimes it's just you need that destruction porn, good yeah. graphics. Yeah. Other times it's good marketing, like Deadpool. Yes. Good trailers, good word of mouth. And on the flip of that, you can have poor trailers that pull people away. So there's so many things beyond just the content of the movie that drive box office numbers. Yeah. And I really like to look and see every week how close I can predict things or yeah. why certain things it's are fun. a certain way. And looking at this China market thing, you know, it's something that I stepped back and looked at in a little more detail this past week because I was kind of yeah. like, there's a lot of movies that you're hearing are doing super well in China yeah. and getting sequels out of it. Right. So looking back, so we're going to go step back to 2008, Iron Man. Yeah. So Iron Man's initial debut, so domestically did 318, foreign market 266. So the foreign market was less than the domestic, which is an anomaly this day and age. Right. So it only made $15 million in China. Wow. Had two years. The foreign and the domestic have equal, so they're $300 million apiece. Right. With China only having $7 million. Wow. Yeah, so this comes down potentially to the release, and we're getting new characters. You're right. still building the, the MCU. Buzz. Yeah. Iron Man 3, 2013. Yeah. Domestically, it has the Avengers bump, so it does $400 million domestically. Yeah. And the foreign market, $800 million. So it's doubled in just Holy. five years. It's gone from being less to doubling the domestic tally. That is unreal. And the majority of this is coming from China. $121 yeah. million in Iron, for Iron Man 3. So showing out how important this mark is becoming. And this is something that you see dragged right through all movies. I'm using Iron Man as an example because it's very similar characters, similar movies. And yes, you're getting the progressive bump and the progressive exposure of the characters. Mm -hmm. And you're getting more exposure in China itself. And Iron Man 3 itself did play a bit to the Chinese market. There's specific scenes that were shot for the Chinese market with more famous Chinese actors. You look at Age of Ultron, which was the biggest movie of all time in China, wow. it had $240 million there. Civil War, almost $200 million in China. So what this is looking wow. like is that China is going to, at some point, overtake the U.S. for the biggest movie oh, market as far as box office numbers. Yeah, for sure. And so I think we're going to see, and we are seeing this a bit. We saw this in Transformers, the Dinobot one, whatever that, it was that's, called. That's right. And even Terminator Genesis yeah. or Genesis, whatever. It did really yeah. well in China. Yeah. And we're seeing movies kind of, I don't want to say pandering, but appealing to the Chinese market a bit yeah. more by including famous Chinese actors yeah. or going to more global locales right. and getting out of just setting everything in New York and LA. That's right. And so you're seeing more diversity amongst cast members, amongst locations. And I think it's all, it's great. Oh, yeah. And we're getting sequels out of movies that maybe wouldn't have gotten a, a full sequel or even a franchise out right. of with the, without China or the foreign market. That's true, yeah. And we're seeing this in Pacific Rim 2. Yes. Because it's a movie that struggled in the U.S. It struggled to capture audiences. did really well in Japan, yeah. where a lot of this originates. Right. did really well in China, oh, South yeah. Korea. And now we're getting a Pacific Rim 2. That's so cool. Yes. What did you think of that movie, Pacific Rim? You know, I really like Guillermo del Toro, the, yeah. the, the, the director. director. He's great. Charlie Hunnam, who's from Sons of Anarchy, which oh, is a show yeah, I love. Right. Yeah. He's great. I really like him as an yeah. actor. Idris Elba was great in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Charlie Day from Oh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He does the... Um, 
He's kind of the goofy guy, the That's scientist. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And Ron Perlman's in it. Great cast. It's a good cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the overall movie the graphics were great. I kind of liked it. it. Was like this punch up robot sort of thing. Yeah, the concept was cool. And I did like it. You know, there's some parts. Yeah, of course, you can always pick apart whatever oh, yeah. story. It's maybe not as as dense or as thick or anything like that that maybe that you want. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was an entertaining movie. I enjoyed it, and I'm happy that we're getting a sequel here because it's something I will go check out. Maybe not in theaters. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> But uh, now that John Boyega signed oh, on yeah. as the male lead in this role, so his first big oh, lead, he's a lead role. Now. Yeah, he's first my big... man. Yeah, exactly. Since Force Awakens, yeah. this is the first big movie he's going to be in. Cool. Right? Or I guess he's going to do Episode Eight, but first yeah. different franchise. Cool. So I guess he's playing the son of Idris Elba's character from Pacific Rim One. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he played kind of a leader role, and I'm expecting something similar to John Boyega. Yeah. And I don't really know where the story goes. I, to be honest with you, I can't remember even how the movie ended. I, I know. I know. Yeah. I do remember Ron Perlman getting gobbled up. By that was funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's nice to see uh, John Boyega get, sure. get into another franchise. That's I like to so see him cool. expanding his role because I love this guy, and I wish he was going to be in Black Panther, but it to be more of just a rumor. Yeah. It would have been great to see him in there. Yeah. But not so much. <laughs> what did you think? Of, did you like Pacific Rim? I did. You know what? Uh, I was late on the train, though. Um, everybody was talking about this movie, and I was kind of late to the to the party. But when I did see it, it was it was awesome. I, actually, I'm the opposite. I definitely want to see it in the big screen now, going into it the, the next time, just because to experience um, the robots and the is it the gaichu, whatever they're called, the kept, kaiju, kaiju. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see those things. As as a fan of Gundam Wing as a kid, so it'd be cool to see these uh, these guys battle out on the big screen. So. Yeah, that's awesome casting. I'm all about talent, recruiting talent, and John Boyega is one of them. So to have him in this movie, that's that's pretty cool. I would have liked it if they could have saved Idris Alba to yeah. come back. Did he die like, at the end? Yes. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 He, he did well, die. Movie's couple years old, so <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, he did die. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, the character, um, the main character. Charlie Hunnam's yeah. character, yeah. I did, he didn't die, did he? No. No, he no. ended up like popping back up and like then maybe making it with someone. I don't yeah, know. With I the, yeah, with the girl. He's <laughs> yeah. his partner, I right? So... Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's cool, though. Is, is Gilmore uh, Del Toro coming back? No, it's a different director. Oh, okay. He may be producing, producing it, it or executive producing it. Probably right. still has a hand in it. Because I think he's one of these guys that he seems to have like a ton of projects going on all at the same time, but yeah. really never directs anything. I know. He's supposed to do The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. And he's been talking about Pacific Rim 2 for a while, but now oh, it seems yeah. to have, he may have done the story. I'm not too sure on the right. details of it. I think he's even about to do like Justice League Dark. Yeah, but that's that's another one that's been in the yeah. pipe forever. That yeah. I just don't know ever know where it's going to go. Right. And because he's like, because he did Pan's was it Pan's Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, it's not. Is it Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, I know that's a movie. Yeah, yeah unless there's something else. No, it's the Labyrinth. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah he oh, did Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah. So he's a lot of the monsters. And yes, yes. Hellboy movies and all that. So right. and that's another one that's been petitioning around is for a Hellboy three. I know Ron Perlman's oh, on board yeah. for that. Yeah, make that happen. He's only getting older. I'd love yeah. to see that man is yeah. evolved backwards. <laughs> He looks kind of like a caveman. I love him. He's another guy from Sons of Anarchy that was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he's show. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's good. Definitely. So San Diego Comic Con's coming up here in a oh, couple of weeks. Yeah. July 20th to 24th. Sweet. Something that you and I know we wish we could get to someday. Oh my God, one day. Yeah, it I would, has to happen. Have you ever seen the movie Paul? No. So it's one with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. The first part of the movie is kind of them making this pilgrimage from the UK to San Diego Comic-Con and being like, yes, we're home. You know, we're with our, nice. our people. They're going and seeing <laughs> Star Wars stuff and panels and all this. And I'm like, I feel like that's what it would be like getting there. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd be elbowing all the people and it'd just be mental. But yeah. I just feel like walking in there and just being like, oh, 
this would this is where it's at. Nice, <laughs> nice. Kind of like our White Castle story. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because that movie, I really like that movie. And yeah. my dad, he's not a sci-fi guy or anything, but he freaking loves, loves that it, movie. Eh? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you nice. watch it, and you're like, yeah, you won't like this, Dad. He's watched it like 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check that out, Paul. Okay, yeah, cool. It's a good one. It's a good cool. one. Anyways. <laughs> Marvel appears to be making a reappearance at San Diego Comic-Con. They didn't show up last year. They didn't have any movies to promote. And they had that epic El Capitan reveal where they did the whole Phase 3. So it didn't seem to be a need to be there for them. But this year, Scott Derrickson, the director of Doctor Strange, has teased on Twitter that he may or may not be at San Diego Comic-Con. Right. And adding a little more fuel to that fire, yeah. James Gunn also right. tweeted at Scott Derrickson, maybe he'd see him there. He's cool. going to be close by. Cool. So what this is telling me is hopefully we're going to get a Marvel panel back at San yeah. Diego Comic-Con. It's not like we're going to be there, <laughs> but there's always the, the iPhone cameras oh, that are there. Yeah. Speaking about iPhone cameras and pirating and stuff, I guess at one of the celebrations, this was in the, that book I read, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, oh, okay. there is a program that they put up now yeah. that can tell if phones are recording and it's running algorithms oh, and it's yeah. like searching for shapes and yeah, all this. And that's right. I heard D23 does that. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was, I think it was, maybe it was D23 when they're showing like Force Awakens footage in that yeah. exclusively. So there's this program now that goes around the crowd to see if people are recording that's it That's interesting, eh? Wow. And they have people like walking around looking yep. and t- so, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, they, they upload it right away anyways now to the public pretty much, eh? Like more or less, more, yeah. More, they, more they're so, yeah. one after the other. Like that stuff from the El Capitan when they announced face that never made it onto no. none of that. No. There's still, I've talked about it before, that Infinity War teaser. Oh, still go back and watch it like yeah. once a week. <laughs> but it'd be pretty cool to see Marvel come back and have a presence again. For sure. Last year was left to DC to own because they had Suicide yes. Squad, Batman v yes. Superman. Yeah. And so I'm assuming we're going to see them there again with Wonder Woman, maybe Justice League stuff. So there's a lot of movies that are wrapping up filming. Guardians is included in that. Yeah. In and around that time we have wonder woman i think is rap principal photography just kicked off so hopefully we're gonna get a lot more footage dropping because so. i'm kind of yearning for a little bit of mcu stuff here oh, you know? Right. Yeah. we know what's coming down the pipe and we know everything's starting to film soon with yep. thor ragnarok and, and all that and i love 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 to see a little bit of guardians of the galaxy volume 2 oh, I'm so, so stoked cool. for that movie. i think it's gonna happen yeah. The timing just makes sense, right? It fully does, because yeah. I think they're pretty close to wrapping that. For you sure. know, you following James Gunn on, on social media and that he's always, you know, tweeting out photos and yeah. it looks like they're getting towards the end of this. Nice. So I'm really excited to see something from that. Can't wait. I hope they kind of give them um I think it's the the run you start off with at two thousand eight. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I hope they kind of give them like their costumes, eh? Like the can't remember the color of the costumes, but they all kind of had like a yeah, they're like blue, similar... yellow, and red. Yeah, yeah. not even necessarily those ones, but just kind of give the team since they're a team now that costume, that boy band look. Yeah, and then they could play <laughs> off that like something because they had the comic of the costumes at the end of Volume One, right? And they could kind of play off that because they're a bit more self aware on some of the stuff. Yeah, be like they'll all just show up in a room with all the same thing. I'll be like, what are we doing? Be, I like that. I like that. That'd yeah. be cool. Just yeah. kind of calling it out because they have those characters. It's like your Han Solo character. Character that kind of calls out how ridiculous some of these yes. things are you have like three or four of those characters right. in that movie yeah i can just be like why are we all wearing the same thing <laughs> yeah. like and then just i don't know let's just go with, let's it. Go with it yeah <laughs> i could totally fit into that movie. yeah i like that that's cool but another one that you mentioned d23 so that's no. not happening this year no but they announced the dates for next year 2017 yeah. And it's going to be happening the weekend of July 14th through 16th, which is basically on top of San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know the dates for 2017 San Diego Comic-Con, but it's always traditionally around this time where D23 has been more into the August time frame. Yeah, that's right. It's been later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have episode eight. Yeah. Potentially Thor Ragnarok. They're starting to film Avengers Infinity War in the fall, maybe. Right. And so there's going to be a lot of 
interesting, oh, exciting, yeah. and big footage. That's right. Even Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, right? Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. Yeah, it's yeah. another one. Yeah. And so, should we be looking at going down to D23 next oh, year? Oh, yeah. So, it's at the Anaheim so. Convention Center. Yes. Tickets go on sale July 14th, 2016. So, in just about a month. Wow. That's exciting. And so, we have to pull the trigger pretty early. I'm yeah. assuming they wouldn't be too hard to sell afterwards. Yeah. And just getting our hands on them. So, it's something that we should think I about know. here at the Nerd Room is maybe... Maybe, like I said, doing a little pilgrimage yeah. and hitting up D23, or is it San Diego Comic-Con? Which one? Wow. It's kind of like, I know yeah. we talked about a little bit of this in previous podcasts, well. but the, the concept of having Marvel, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all Disney, that. all in one place. Right. I don't know which one That's I like pretty more. I think I might be going leaning towards the D23 yeah. maybe, right? It's oh. a little bit more bang for your buck. I know yeah. San Diego Comic-Con is like the holy land of for nerd and all that. Oh, yeah. But this might be, a, like I said, a little more bang for your buck. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. It might be an exclusive that you're going to get over there, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So going back to Spider-Man, you mentioned it there. That's Homecoming. Right. Yeah. We got some news that potentially yeah. Donald Glover of... Fox, um, I, I was going to say Parks and Rec, but it's... Uh, <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <That's> community. Community. <laughs> Why were we both thinking Parks and Rec? <laughs> yeah, from Community, he was even the, in The Martian for yeah, a little bit he's there. Great, he's yeah. pretty cool in The Martian. Yeah, and he's, he's a cool hip-hop R&B uh, star as well. <laughs> I, I got his album. It's pretty cool. But, is that uh, good? It is. It's really cool. Yeah. He's, he's different. He's a talented, talented individual. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Because like his, his character in The Martian, it looks like he kind of like went off the deep end. I'm like, is he like projecting a bit of what's going on in his personal life? Because uh, he left Community a bit early. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. he didn't finish out that. He left kind of halfway through to, to pursue this hip-hop career, yeah. this R&B career, or whatever yeah. it is. And interesting, because I thought I kind of looked at the album, I was like, yeah, this yeah. seems like a bit of a crazy person. Right, right. Like, yeah, it does, right? I don't know. But, I didn't listen to anything. Yeah, That's no, it's, it's, a really, it's a solid album. Yeah, if, if you get the chance on iTunes, check it out. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see what character he could potentially be petitioning for. Yeah. Or is they at least in talks for, maybe? Because he was someone that... He's always attached to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man yeah, exactly. at times. Or even a Miles Morales exactly. rebooted yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, but he's really pushing to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So do they bring a Miles Morales into this? Probably not. Yeah. And if he is getting kind of up there in age, so he yeah. doesn't maybe fit the bill of what they're looking for as far as a teenage Miles Morales in particular. That's just it. You know, would you be happy with a Miles Morales not in suit for a movie or two? Like introducing the character? Yeah, but I would be. The only thing is I don't want older Miles. I yeah. want... Miles to be younger than Peter, but the really cool thing I thought of is I'm sure plenty of people thought of this too. But uh, reading the Spider Man comics right now, they're really pushing the Prowler, uh, being like Spidey's kind of like right hand man, okay. And going to the Ultimate Universe, Prowler is actually the one that kind of stole the spider and then that infected Miles. So basically, in the Ultimate Universe, Prowler is the uncle to Miles Morales, right? Oh, okay, but they haven't established in the comics yet if this prowler is the uncle of miles so we don't know but the prowler that i love is from the 616 and i think it'd be pretty cool if you made donald glover the prowler in that universe which would be pretty cool he's kind of a criminal he has the claws he looks like spawn uh he's a really neat character i've always liked him i had the figures back in the day actually of the character so it'd be cool if they pushed uh, donald glover to be the prowler and then you know later on who knows maybe he does get the spider and it infects his his nephew so that would be cool because that's yeah. a nice way to pass on that lineage. It right? is right? some guy that everyone wanted to see as Miles Morales yeah. is actually passing that on through his character. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I like be that. Pretty neat. And like I said, in the comics right now, he's heavily being pushed. He's 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 right there with Spider Man. Pretty much most of the issues I've read, he's been there. So it'd be cool to see if that's the route they go. 
Great on, have Donald Glover in the MCU as yeah. well. That's great. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And he's a little bit older than Spider-Man too, so it makes sense that way. So, well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, again, another piece of this ever so expanding universe that we're seeing kind right. of with Spider-Man, with the MCU, so yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, I just, I love it. It's so cool. Speaking about universes. Oh, yeah. Galaxies far, far away. Oh, segue. <laughs> <laughs> Killing it. Killing yeah. it. You know, I know we're always talking Star Wars on the podcast, yeah. but this week in particular, there seems to be a lot of backlog of Star Wars information. Everything from comics to video games to action figures to the Smuggler's Bounty, Funko Pops, oh, yeah. everything here. So we thought we'd take some time and just run through kind of everything, kind of a catch-all Star Wars episode. Cool. And this was kind of spurred a bit by the fact that Star Wars The Force Awakens finally ended its domestic run. Yeah. So after six months... And a total of $936 million plus <laughs> in a wow. bit of change. <laughs> <laughs> so that absolutely destroyed Avatar's domestic call of 706 million dollars. Gosh. But didn't overtake Titanic or Avatar globally. No. In my opinion, that's never going to be beat ever. I just There's no movie so. that can... A movie that comes close to a billion dollars domestically and doesn't even... It's like $700 million short of Avatar's record. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, nothing's ever going to beat that. But you know what the funny thing is? The only thing that could maybe beat it is the Star Wars. Like, the only thing that, You know what I mean? The only yeah. thing that could beat The Force Awakens is maybe like an episode 8 or an episode 9. Yeah, it's going to probably but have to be still... like an episode 9. Because yeah. that was like a 10-year hiatus that we got coming into The Force Awakens. Yeah. And you got... There's so much hype about it. We're bringing back Han, Leia, yeah, Luke. Yeah, that's true. And now we've established kind of these characters. We've had spoiler... The death of Han. Yeah. And so I don't know if that same hype's going to be that's there. True. We're going into the middle part of a trilogy that's probably going to be promoted similar to An Empire Strikes Back. Yes. In its tone and potentially its ending. Right. And then maybe your third installment gets kind of that hype again. Right, because it wraps up everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to see something that plays similarly opening weekend, but maybe not as big numbers going in probably still going to do like that six to seven eight hundred right. range but i don't think it's going to come nearly as close to the force awakens it just doesn't have the hype behind it I don't no think. it just doesn't does does avatar and uh, titanic does this number include like the re-releases they've had in theater probably yeah yeah they've so released quite a bit if, of times eh? yeah if yeah. they because star wars has done the same thing too like every yeah. time it's re-released it adds to the domestic tally the 97 re-release the special yeah. edition added to the old star wars tally right and I so the 3D ones too. They yeah, the 3D yeah, they too. add to it as well. So yeah. I don't know. Has Avatar been re-released? I know Titanic. I'm was, pretty sure right? Avatar was. I'm about ninety percent sure Avatar got released yeah. within like at least that year or two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that would include everything. Yeah. But again, two point seven billion dollars yeah, globally. Like that's... not even with like a powerhouse like China contributing to your overall haul. Right. Yeah. I don't think anything's ever going to touch that. No. That's that's massive. And, no. And it's this was kind of again before we were having movies that were performing like this like yeah. like avatar had this like 35 million dollar opening weekend but didn't just went forever yeah and just had big weekends after big oh, weekends yeah. after big weekends and built on that no competition now we're looking at movie slates that are basically filling up the entirety of the year right so you have everything from you know deadpool in february dawn of justice in april yeah. may june you have everything right yeah, yeah so. that's right Independence Day next week. Oh, uh, yeah. Next week, eh? It's so the next Friday, I think, yeah. Wow. I saw some commercials yesterday, and I was yeah. like, I'm really digging this movie. Oh, yeah, I really cool. want to see this. Cool. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum entering the MCU, yeah, and looking at him, cool. I'm just like, oh, man, I love this actor. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. I just saw, I love this guy, so yeah, I'm good. really excited for that movie. It's exciting, yeah. So, Rogue One, again, 
We're not going to really dive into this. We yeah. talked about it last week. If you want to hear our thoughts on yeah. the, the rumors of 40 to 50% of the movie being reshot, right. check it out in the last episode. But Mads Mikkelsen did come forward, so he's one of the characters in the film, yeah. and he said they're just touching up things here and there. So again, yeah. trying to alleviate some of the concern of the fandom that this movie is in crisis mode. Yeah. So I'm, we got a couple months yet, and I'm looking forward to potentially getting another trailer, maybe yeah, at Comic-Con exactly. or something like that. So I think that will solidify and just say, look, no, guys, this movie yeah, is going in the right direction. Everything. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Especially once the Lord Vader shows up. I yes. think that will just kind of quiet everyone. I think one of the trails that does eventually reveal that he's in it, do you think we're just going to get like the breathing? I think they're going to give us a little bit more. Yeah. Or I think they kind of need to. Yeah. yeah. I guess you mentioned before, like, it's like the Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. that little clip. All right. Oh, yeah, like, it'll be something so, yeah. so minimal, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely I think it's going to go that Spider-Man clip vibe. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Vader, have you been reading the Darth Vader comic books? Absolutely. I'm all caught up. To issue 21? Yeah, 21's latest yeah. issue came oh, out yeah. last week, I believe. Yeah. So last time we talked about Star Wars comics, we talked right up until the end of Vader Down, which was the crossover that series. That was cool, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And so that included the Star Wars and the Darth Vader books. Yes. Which I'm going to say again, reading the stories now from then all forward, so in Darth Vader from issue 16 to 21, yeah. and Star Wars issue 15 to 19, Again, they're so well intertwined. They almost seamlessly weave their stories together. That's I can't right. tell sometimes if I'm reading Darth Vader or right. if I'm reading Star Wars. Because something happens in one, it's addressed and resolved and some, to some degree in yeah. the other. That's right. Check some of the stuff with Dr. Aphra in that. Yes. Yeah, so it's really great. What do you think of the of the, the series so far, though? I'm loving it. I have no complaints. I just I love how Star Wars and Disney as a whole has just been handling Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, they've really just been giving you this, this zero remorse dark figure right throughout everything he is relentless right exactly in this comic series he really is um so i really like that um i mentioned to to you earlier though before that the art direction is just a little weird it's just a little inconsistent i really wish they cleaned that up a little bit i really like the art in um vader down yeah that was awesome i think it's the same guy that does um avengers yes right yeah so i really like that but um but his head is a bit big sometimes yeah that's what we're talking about like so some shots you see his head is just it's huge it's kind of like space balls was it a big helmet or (laughs) (laughs) it kind of reminds me of that a little bit but um yeah no i have no complaints i really really like this comic and i think it's a must-have if you're a star wars person you gotta have this comic you gotta have both you really do gotta have star wars and darth vader so one thing that is getting me and maybe not having read Lords of the Sith yet yeah. is, is maybe one of my problems. Is like this leap in conviction that he has going from episode three into right. these comic books. It's just he's so dark. Oh, yeah. And at this take no prisoner attitude and just killing anyone in front of oh, him. Yeah. I still have a hard time going from Hayden Christensen oh, really? <laughs> in episode three into this, <laughs> this Vader, this yeah. really dark, relentless yeah. Vader. Oh, yeah. And sometimes that pulls me out of it. I'm like, yeah. I never, and you know, even some of the films, you don't always get that feeling that he is, that's who he is. Yeah. And this character, Dr. Aphra, who he seems to have a bit of affection for, yeah. you know, he does talk about in the comics, like he doesn't care. He's put a bounty out on her yeah. if she comes in dead or alive. Yeah. But I also get this feeling constantly that he does have some care for right. her. Like a little bit of a Soka yeah, kind ex- of That's feel, exactly right? it. Yeah. It's yeah. that Soka bit. Yeah, a little bit. He's kind of like, oh, you know, she reminds me a bit of that. Yeah. And it's someone that she he can depend on. For sure. And is faithful to him. Yeah. And I think it's really great. And how about BT and Triple uh, Zero? Oh, those two. Yeah. Jeez, they're, they're a dangerous bunch. I've never really been intimidated at all by the droids in any Star Wars. And now I'm kind of like, whoa, especially the last one, 21. I'm kind of like, Yeah, because right. there's that little misadventure, that little short story. Yeah, at the end. yeah, that's and, the end of 20, yeah. right? Yeah, and it was yeah. picking up on some of the stuff uh, about going to get Dr. Aphra from yeah. the Rebels. And it was following the two of the droids. 
and they're fantastic characters. They really are. It's such a spin of yeah. R2, right? And C3. Yeah, it's like they're do- weird dark doppelgangers. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> where it is. They're Earth 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I read the Triple Zero stuff, he's saying all this, you know, how he's going to kill people, oh, all yeah. these murderous things. And I hear it in the C3PO voice. And it's just, right, that's exactly what I hear. And I'm just like, wow, this is really strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. You know, kind of going back to, to the Vader thing, I think what helps me a little bit um, justifying Vader's actions is the bits of doses of Vader they give you in Clone Wars. Yeah. Bits of Anakin where he's kind of goes that dark side. You can kind of see it. But I think they're really trying to correct the ways from the prequels and really just give you the Vader that they initially gave us, which is from episode five and four. Yeah. He's always kind of been like that that cutthroat, relentless kind of figure. So Yeah, it's a good book. And Star Wars is, is nailing it as well. So it's, again, like I say, it's this companion book to it. And we're getting stories of Luke and Leia. Right. We're getting stories of Luke and Han in there. And the, where they're at right now, I'm going to say a little spoilers. We're kind of talking about these at a high level. Mm-hmm. But they're they're in this prison, this sunspot prison where they've taken Dr. Aphra. Right. And we get to see uh, some really cool stuff happening in there with Leia in particular. Yeah. And her kind of teaming up with Santa Solo. Which is the wife, yeah. and they, they kind of go through the reveal there and all that. What happened yeah. of Han Solo, and you get Han Solo up to his old smuggling tricks, oh, yeah. playing Sabak and losing money, and kind of <laughs> them being chased by bounty hunters. And yeah, it's really cool, and it really feels like it's set in the Star Wars universe. They've oh, yeah. really captured that vibe, that universe look, this worn, torn universe. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's great. And it redeems itself from the Leia comics. Yeah. Like, Leia's a lot better in this, I think, than she was in the Leia standalones. She's a pretty powerful character in this. And that's something we can talk about here in a few minutes is the Bloodline novel that I'm just a bit of a ways into. Yeah. And it picks up a lot on her just being this super strong female character that is just kicking ass. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, And she does really well in this comic book too. She's really well written. You really get her voice there being projected off of the comic pages and you're kind of like, yes, you know, this character is fantastic. And you really feel that from, from the writing here. Definitely. So if you aren't reading those and you're a Star Wars fan... Go and check them out. Yeah. You could probably even go from some of the Vader Down stuff. Just start from there and yeah, move forward. Call. You can kind of pick it up. Like if you're a Star Wars fan, you're immersed in the universe. Yeah. You know who the characters are because there's some stuff with like Dengar's in there, Boba yeah. Fett. Right. We get the Black Wookiee, which right. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of characters pop in and out. You get your kind of your mainstays and your Hans, Luke's. This is set between Episode Four and Five. Yes. Getting a lot of the Emperor oh, and yeah. you're exploring that that background of, of Vader and the Emperor post. Death Star explosion number one. Right, yeah. And his failure. His failure, yeah. And him trying to redeem himself to the Emperor and prove that, yes, he is the worthy yeah, apprentice that right. the Emperor sees him as. And he's got he's competing with these other potential apprentices. Yes. And there's this Dr. Silo that's in there. Well, he's a yeah. he's a he's a, like a biomechanic. I guess he's kind of behind Darth Vader then. I guess he, he kind of made Darth Vader. Yeah, that's a, it's yeah. an awesome line in the comic. It says he's working on a mechanical hand and there's some there's some dialogue there about them talking about Darth Vader and yeah. he basically says you know I'm paraphrasing here but Darth Vader doesn't know what I've done for him and that sort of thing or yeah. what he actually owes me and right. there's the implication there is that yes he's one of the ones that created the suit right. for Darth Vader yeah and there's such a cool um, little bit of a dialogue going on between Vader and Palpatine when yeah. Palpatine explains like how he was kind of let down when Vader died and then he he went looking for other apprentices and yeah. he couldn't do it so he went back to Vader and brought him back 
in that small period of time too yeah so cool and again just going off of Lords of Sith you know it really get the sense of their relationship Palpatine and Vader so I just I love it I love the, the whole uh, brain trust I guess you say over in Lucas that just yeah. keeps everything coherent right and it, and it is that and yeah. again I have to get into Lords of the Sith because this relationship they're building yeah. they, they reference the, the rule of two in yes. this comic book and they're talking a lot about that and sort of expanding on the, the whole Sith mythology right and I, it's just fantastic. That's so cool. Which is a call-up kind of to uh, Darth Bane. Because I think yeah. he invented the, the world too. Yeah, and they're yeah. talking about, yeah, just like how the Siths were always fighting. And yeah. they came down to the only two of them could actually coexist with right. each other. The Master and the Apprentice. Yes. This idea too of the rule of two. That there can only be two. There's always got to be the expectation from the Master. That the Apprentice right. is eventually going to kill him. Right. And take another Apprentice, right? Exactly. So it's a weird relationship that they have there. It is. And you can see the Emperor kind of projecting out that he can make his choice. He's going to live forever. Right. And he'll choose when he wants Vader to step aside. And he'll bring on a new Apprentice. Exactly. And you yeah. see Vader battling those apprentices, oh, yeah. the twins, and the, oh, the yeah. cyborg, um, Admiral Akbar. Yeah, uh, basically, yeah. his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a cool fight scene they had, yeah. by the way. Kevin, I think it's issue maybe 1918 when he brought yeah. down everything on him. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. We also have the Poe Dameron comic. Yeah. So it's up to issue three here, being written by writer Charles Soule. Yeah. yeah. We had a bit of discussion with about this. And it's really great to be butting up against the Force Awakens timeline. Is yeah. jumping into that, expanding the time frame and the characters right before the Force Awakens. Yeah. And it's even, you talk about the cohesiveness of the universe and the brain trust at Lucasfilm. Right. There's a reference in the comic book oh, to yeah. the original graphic or the original novel before the Awakening. It's oh. you know how Stanley used to be do the asterisks and be like, yeah, yeah if you wanted to see more Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, go see issue number fifteen oh, or whatever. Cool. It does that right in here. No way, because Poe drops a line about. Or maybe it was one of the um, the First Order officers drops a line about you stole something from us. Yeah. And it's directly out of Before the Awakening. And it oh. asterisks it, has a little call no box. Way. To find more about this, yeah. check out Before the Awakening. Which oh. isn't even connected to the comic books or anything. Right. It's like a, a completely different medium, like in book form. Yeah, because it's like better, a junior right? novelization too, right? Wow, so that's... it's like a young reader's thing. Yeah. And it's, it was, I read it, I was like, this is amazing. Right. It's I like a shout out this. to you, right? Yeah. Because you're, you're in that world. It's so cool. And so this, it's pretty cool because it picks up right after before the awakening yes. so they had that interaction with leia and poe there and poe joining the resistance yeah. and now going out and chasing lord yeah. senteca right. from the force awakens right so you're seeing the building of the story behind lord senteca he's yeah. an adventurer he's a traveler and why he's important and why him and poe seem to have this relationship because yeah. i'm assuming at some point they're going to get some interaction in the comic books definitely and we get Tim and Wexley, Snap, who's yeah. in the movie, as well as in the Aftermath book. Right, His right. younger self, right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because you told me about that. Yeah, the younger self is in. It's so, so cool. great. And yeah. he's even referenced again. He actually has a, a brief cameo in Bloodlines as well. Oh, Snap Wexley here. Cool. So okay. everything in this Force Awakens timeline all is all so well connected. I love that. And it just brings me so much further into the universe. And right. yes, I'm always going to be connected to it. But having and hearing all this and keeping up with the books yeah. has been a big thing. And I just loving what they're doing it's, here. It's, it's the best. It just makes it all that much more better that they um, you know just got rid of the extended universe, yeah. the legends. And just, just started from the ground up and just gave us this whole big universe now. Yeah. As much of a shame it was to see books like... The, the Thrawn trilogy oh, yeah, the be put aside stuff, right? I still think there's something coming in the Aftermath books yeah. that trilogy the next right. one lands in July nice. and the first one was great there's something going on there that yeah. has me thinking maybe there's going to be a Thrawn or That's something great. in there 
Did um, you hear his comments, by the way? Timothy Zahn's comments? Yeah. About, yeah, yeah. We were talking about he felt Kylo Ren was a little weak and Captain Phasma yeah. wasn't used enough. Yeah. Well, and that's so. Captain Phasma. That was always a complaint that you're going to yeah, hear. Like the he, general audience. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like almost like a Boba Fett. Not, you know, it's a character that's all over the marketing, everywhere, yeah. but it's not really has what she have like a couple lines of dialogue. I yeah. think she'll be a bit more of a prominent character in subsequent movies. Yeah. And Kylo Ren, the more and more I think about the character, yeah. the more and more I like the yeah. character. Nice, nice. And his look and everything. Like, yeah. so I loved it the first time I saw it, the oh, second yeah. time, third time, and all that. But every time I look at the character, I'm just like, yes, this is this is the right way to go. Yeah. Keeping him alive and progressing him through, you know, episode eight and episode nine. For sure. And hopefully don't have his redemption, but... Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and keeping him different from Anakin. Yeah. Darth Vader at the same time, too. Because it's so easy for them to just make him a knockoff of that. Yeah, right? exactly. Even though he is a knockoff in, in yeah. his own head, right? So... Yeah. yeah. My only nitpick about the Poe Dameron comics is the third issue, they're in some caverns and they're having issues with the, the First Order and all that. And they're kind of protecting this weird egg thing. So oh, I'm going to okay. say spoilers here for the second and third issue of Poe Dameron. And then something comes out of the egg and it's like this big monster looking thing. Oh. And it's <clears throat> different. It kind of pulled me a bit out. I'm like, this doesn't feel like my Star Wars universe right now. Oh, really? And because the Star Wars and Darth Vader books are doing such a good job of keeping that feel of the Star Wars universe within them, yeah. this kind of pulled me out a little bit. Oh. I was like, ah, you know, I, it's fine. And, you know, you look at other comics, you look at other adaptations, you look, it felt like a Clone Wars or oh, Rebels okay. sort of thing. You know when the Rebels, when they had those big space things flying? Oh, and yeah. you're kind of like, that really doesn't feel Takes like... Or yeah. the flying lightsabers, the helicopter yeah. lightsabers. It's, it's like, this of, isn't Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it kind of feels as if that was what that felt like to me. Oh, I was kind of like, okay. I can accept it, it's fine, it's part of the universe or whatever, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it's kind of... Yeah. It feels like something a little different. Right, right. But it's fine. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's great. I still like the comic books. And the art, right? The art's incredible. Yeah, that's Oscar Isaac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and Charles Soule, when we talked to him at the the expo, he had nothing but great things to say, and he said he can draw Oscar Isaacs. Like yeah. it's perfect. I yeah. love it. It's it's just great. I love it. I don't know if I'm looking at uh, Poe or Apocalypse right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one other comic that's dropping here this week, actually, yep. is the Han Solo Solo series. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so that's, again, it's set in the same time frame as the Darth Vader Star Wars series, the Chewbacca, the right. Leia, all those, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to pick it up? Definitely. Pick it up yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Comic book day. Yeah, Love it. That's the best day, day of the week. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hump day, new comic book day. Yeah, right. Maybe sneak a beer in after oh, work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wings, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Might be going down. I think it's going to be good. And, you know, Han Solo is one of the favorite characters everyone loves Han Solo oh, yeah. so I'm assuming it's going to be kind of his like smuggling adventures and hopefully it ties again into this Star Wars book because he pops in and out of here and yeah. I'm hoping we're getting this building although it's going to weigh heavy on the you know the wallet <laughs> having to buy all these because all these stories interconnect so well yeah. but I'm really looking forward to that Definitely. so like I said I'm for all these I've given at least in a one issue yeah. like Lando I read through it was pretty good because it's five issue miniseries right. And Leia did as well. And yeah. I like that they're doing these miniseries while keeping the other books kind of your mainstays, yeah, your ongoings. Yeah. And kind of feeding off of that and kind of giving people and just seeing where they go. Definitely. Because another series that's coming to an end, I believe, is the Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah, so I guess it's ending. Uh, or did it end? I don't know if it ended. I got up to issue seven, I believe. Yeah, I think it it's... seemed like it kind of wrapped up. Yeah, I think it is ending because yeah. I think it was just a miniseries. I'm not sure. I haven't been reading yeah. that long. It's We're... pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I the, the thing I appreciate the most of this series is it really gives you that sense of that uh, brotherhood that Obi-Wan and yeah. Anakin have that a lot of people felt were kind of missing in the prequels. It does take place between episodes one and two. Yeah. Um, so Anakin seems to be about maybe 15, so maybe about five, four years have passed since episode one. 
And Anakin's kind of on the fence of whether he wants to stay with the Jedi Order or not. So they're telling one main story, but they get these flashbacks, which are actually the, like the best part of the series, where Anakin is going to leave the Order, and he's still kind of being uh, mentored a little bit by um, Palpatine. Okay. So it, it's pretty cool, but the thing wraps up, and obviously we all know Anakin stays with the Order for a little bit longer. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's great. Again, the art is, is awesome, and um, there's some pretty cool stuff that goes on. I really like that it focuses a little bit more, again, on Anakin's uh, tinkering skills, his mechanics, how he can build things, which is something that... Uh, Lords of the Sith. I'm just pumping Lords of the Sith here, but yeah. <laughs> which is something that Lords of the Sith also focuses on as well. So it's cool to see that Anakin has uh, these mechanic skills. I need to get into that book because Charles Soule writes that as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's another it's, one of the eras awesome. that he's writing. Yeah. Right? It's, it's cool. It's, it's a nice little short and sweet miniseries, and I can't. I think it gives you enough of the of the friendship, uh, the brotherhood of these two to be like, all right, I'm done with this now. I get the sense that these guys are, you know, like brothers. Yeah. We've seen the Clone Wars, and we've seen you know Mustafar those events. So we get their uh, the conglomerate, right? Once in a while, we get an individual Obi-Wan story, yeah. which are great. So issue 15 was the last one. And I can't right. remember the issue, but they kind of interspersed. So yeah. Luke, in one of the issues, finds Obi's, Obi-Wan's... Journal. I think it's 7, issue 7. Issue 7. Yeah. He finds his journal. And periodically, within kind of the, the main run, yeah. the story takes a break, and then we get an Obi-Wan focus story which happens right after episode three ish maybe yeah. about 10 years after episode three yeah i don't know the exact time frame and it tells a story about him on tatooine protecting luke yeah. and his adventures that he wasn't just like this hermit that sat there for 19 years or whatever it is <laughs> and so it goes through some of the stuff that he's doing protecting his interaction with uncle owen yeah and it's it's a great way to kind of take a break from yeah. the star wars from the ongoing stuff that's happening in darth vader and stars yeah. and just get a nice story about obi-wan without having a, a completely separate ongoing going or miniseries right it's, it's right embedded right in the star wars exactly because there's so much time that's gone by right there was what 20 plus years at least yeah from yeah. mustafar to to episode four oh like, yeah what has yeah. he been 19 doing? years or something yeah. right you know so it's when you see episode four you're kind of like well this this hermit old ben is a little wacky yeah. you know and it kind of makes sense because this guy's been isolated on this desert planet this whole time at least as far as we know we don't know what's going to happen in rebels or anything like that no yet, yeah so. Yeah, it's a great pickup though. Issue, yeah, I have issue seven. And I have issue uh, 15. fifteen. Yeah, I love it. Fifteen was actually really cool. Him watching uh, Luke pilot. Yeah, I think something Get like a pod racing kind of feel. The pod to racing. It. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So, if you're not reading any of these comics, be sure to go grab at least one or two of the ongoing series here. Because you can get anything from any era right now. Yeah. You know, Force Awakens era, your original trilogy era, your prequel stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's and it's right. it's all really well it's done. It's all just great. And so another place where we're getting a lot of stories material yeah. is the novelizations and original stories oh, that we're yeah. getting. And the one that recently just dropped a couple weeks ago was Star Wars Bloodlines. Yeah. And I'm about halfway through it. Right. Again, I'm doing the audiobook version nice. of it. It's kind of the way to go. And I think with Star Wars, it is the way to go because yeah. with names, places, species plant like it's right. so hard sometimes yeah. and i find myself with someone reading it to me doing different voices yeah. i'm able to remember characters better That's by having them repeat the same name over and over again because yes. i find with stories like this that i'm just making up names right. and I, they might not even be right like i can't even like sound out some of them right. so i'm just like i'm gonna call this guy this <laughs> and so this kind of really solidifies these names in my head yeah. a bit better than i, I would <laughs> just on my own <laughs> And this one's uh, Claudia Gray that yep. brought us uh, Lost Stars. Yeah. Sweet. And this yeah. story, you know, it's really focused around Princess Leia. Yes. And I should really say Senator Leia yeah, yeah, at, at the time. Point, yeah. And focusing a lot on the New Republic. If you don't like the political aspects 
of the prequel trilogy, yeah. you may have a hard time getting into this one because yeah. that is the main focus of this. So it's the new Galactic Senate on the Hosnian Prime system. Oh, okay. Which, spoilers for Force Awakens, if you're one of the, the six people that haven't seen it on Earth and listened to this, which should be weird. <laughs> um, that's the system that is blown up by the Starkiller base. Oh, It's a Hosnian okay. system, which includes the Hosnian Prime, which has, it's not, it's like kind of like the new Coruscant. It's where the New Republic is centered out of. So that's where you have oh. like the Galactic Senate, you have the New Republic fleet. It's all kind of in the Hosnian system. Okay. And that's what the Starkiller base explodes. Right. It's nice to get a look into the inner workings of the New Republic about 20 years after Return of the Jedi. And I think yeah. about six or 10 years or whatever before The Force Awakens. Oh, okay. This, this story really focuses in on, and in, it draws interesting parallels, to, I think at least, yeah. to what's going on in the States. Oh. So you see this like two-party system being set up in the Senate, yeah. and this like political deadlock, this layers and layers of bureaucracy, nothing is moving, and you get people planting seeds of doubt in democracy. Oh, here. okay. And, you know, in questioning whether or not going to a more autocratic system, similar to what the emperor was. Right. But just it's still with this veiled kind of democracy in front of it. And so it's playing with a lot of these themes in here. It's kind of this similar to like the Republicans and Democrats is that if you're not with us, you're my enemy. Right. Instead of going down the pathway of compromise, which is, you know, needed in politics to get things done. Right. They've just kind of halted and are in this massive deadlock. Oh, and so okay. it's exploring a lot of different themes there. While well, kind of in the background, you have Leia and a couple of her cohorts doing this investigation, which continues to expand its reach and its significance. And you can really see where this is probably eventually going. Oh, I'm trying okay. not to give anything away. Right. It's re I'm really enjoying it. Right. And you're seeing it is slower coming off like the back of like an aftermath book yeah. where it has a lot more action in it. You're talking a lot more about space fights and you know hand to hand combat. Yeah. This doesn't have a lot of that. This is a lot of talking, a lot of dialogue. And I always like kind of the political aspect of yeah. the, the prequels. Same, yeah. And I'm really enjoying this book. Right. Is, is Luke, Luke still missing? Or Luke is missing at this no, point? No, Luke isn't missing at this point. Oh, okay. So Luke and Ben, it's Darkly Reference, are cool. together in this. Cool. Han shows up once in a while. Yeah. Um, just kind of as like a side character. He's dealing a lot with racers and all this stuff. So he's cool. kind of been like pulled out of the book and said, oh, he's off doing this. Oh, okay. But So uh, another question I was wondering is... Um, does, does the world know who Vader was? Do they know that he's a Skywalker, that he's Anakin? Or are we late that's, that's a good question because I can't remember. It does start to address this in the book. That's what I was wondering, yeah. And maybe not because Leia is talking to another senator and they're talking about Vader. And the, and the other senator doesn't know that Vader is Leia's father. Okay. But I can't remember or not. And I think they do reference Leia as Luke's brother. So oh. they mustn't know, but... That Anakin Skywalker is Vader, but I feel like that was a, something that was known coming out of Episode Three, maybe, or they assume that. Well, I know, I know. Uh, after Episode Three, everybody thinks that Anakin's dead. Like they don't, nobody associates Vader with Anakin. Because okay. even going actually back to issue twenty-one, I think of Darth Vader, the guy calls him out like, "I know who you are, you're Anakin." Yeah. Um, that, that. Oh yeah, the the inspector. Yeah, he, yeah. I think it's uh, actually twenty or twenty-one. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're yeah. Anakin, like your secrets kind of safe with me, even though yeah. you're gonna kill me. Yeah. So, so yeah, nobody knows that Anakin or is Vader, basically. At least post, at least before Obi Wan must know that because they watched that holocron where the Emperor says, "You're now Darth Vader." That's before Obi Wan fights him on Mustafar. I mean, yeah, then, I, I get a sense that Obi Wan must know when he sees yeah. him in Episode Four. That's Anakin. Yeah, because and then yeah, like yeah. 
but he, but but I mean, at the same time, Obi Wan might have thought he left him for dead, yeah, for, for, to, to die on Mustafar. So it's interesting. It's kind of interesting because I mean, the, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In the book, it does say that Leia is not willing to give her secret out to the senator that Vader is actually her father. Oh, okay. So that's put out there, right? And but if people mustn't know who Anakin Skywalker is, because if they say, well, Luke and Leia are brother and sister, exactly. they make that leap that. Yeah. She's not Organa. She's a Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and she's not really force sensitive or anything like no. that. No training. No. Or anything. Like that. She never she, pursues. She's kind jet. of sensitive. Like in Episode Five, she can yeah. sense them a little bit. It's nothing like. She does feel the force. Yes. But she's not really in tune with it. She's not right. using it. Right. Or she may be using it in a way that like little Anakin used it to fly the pod racers. Yeah. Like it's something. It's there. Yeah. But she's never using. She's not utilizing or not trained to. To actually point in a direction. That's right. So maybe force sensitive, but yeah. she can't go any further than that. Yeah. At least at this point. So yeah, it's and I think if you can get past some of the political stuff, you know, personally, I like I said, I really like this sort of exploring this different side of Star Wars. Yeah. And it's, I think it's going to become something that's an essential read if you're interested in the the Force Awakens timeline. That's I think true. it's going to build a lot of the foundation that you need for understanding. Because, again, that was something in the Force Awakens that they shied away from yeah. because of the reception in the prequels right. of the political aspect. And I was always confused with the Hostian system yeah. until after the Force Awakens going and doing reading, and this kind of helps with it a lot, nice. is understanding why that was blown up. Why isn't the New Republic on Coruscant? Right. And it was more about having this New Republic as not being this, you know, in ivory towers and all this. And they have this very kind of low-rise building as to not stand above people and all this. So it's something they've kind of changed their their outlook. But again, they're in this similar spot as far as the Senate that they're kind of in this deadlock. Like, it's not working again. That's really interesting. So it's it's a lot of interesting themes they explore. And the storyline, the side characters are great. And you get the original trilogy characters in there. They talk about Chewbacca, where he's at. And it's a lot of fun. So I'd really go check out the audiobook again. That's cool. I I definitely want to check it out. um, Especially for a big reason, because I know it's the same author, Claudia Gray, that did uh, Lost Stars. So I'd really like to know if some characters from that book would maybe be showing up in this book. So I definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good, it's a, it's a must for sure. Nice. The next canonical novel that yeah. comes out is the second book in the Aftermath trilogy. So nice. that drops, like I, I said, in July. One. So yeah. that comes out right before my vacation. So that's going straight audiobook. <laughs> oh, yeah. Popping right in the ears. Going to nice. sit on the beach. Oh, listen man. Listen to Star Wars. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Really looking forward to that. Nice. As Star Wars fans, oh, yeah. also comes the Star Wars collecting. Of course. And you mentioned that I got you deep into oh, the Black yeah. Series. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and the Black Series themselves, in here in Canada, in particular Calgary, yeah. we are stocked deep with Wave 1 of 2016. If you guys yeah. need a Han or a Phasma yeah. or a freaking Flame Trooper, just let us know, man. Yeah. There's, they're stacked 10 deep oh, in the shelves it, here. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's a little disappointing, though, yeah. because this happened before. They over-order these. Yeah. They sit on the shelves, and they're like, yeah, Black Series isn't selling, or we already have Black Series. We don't need to order the second wave. Yeah. And then it becomes really hard for us that up here me. to find the next waves. Definitely. But I was lucky enough. I mentioned, I think, on uh, last week's that yeah. I did get Luke and Ahsoka. They are great. Yeah, looking. what do you think of them? I love them. You know, uh, Luke we got right here, you know, straight up uh, in the Episode 4 get-up. With a with a white tunic yeah. going on, but it's like a, a cloth material. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different than what we've seen with Obi Wan's uh, yeah. similar kind of costume, right? It doesn't the, the the tunic doesn't really fit him that well. No, no, it doesn't. Looking around the sleeves and the shoulder, yeah. it uh, it doesn't really fit him well. The belt's cool. Um, 
the head sculpt's awesome on yeah, this thing. Yeah, it's great. Right? I like the head. They got the hair down. It's the, it's the most blondish Luke we've ever seen. Definitely. I, I would say, right? And, and he has the lightsaber going on. And the binoculars, he's, this is a cool, cool yeah, looking figure. Those binoculars, yeah, that's yeah. another great little touch. Right? Yeah. And then going on to the Ahsoka, this, yeah. is, this is brilliant right here. So it's a realistic version of Ahsoka that we're looking at yeah. here. And so they've taken it out of kind of that Rebels, or not, yeah, Rebels. Yeah, the Rebels and Clone Wars yeah, animation. Yeah, that yeah. look and projected into what she would look like, say, in a Star Wars film. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe someday. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, we, we were kind of left a bit ambiguous at the end of Rebels, like where she was at. Where is she? Yeah. yeah. Is she alive? Is she not? What's <laughs> going on there? But yeah, it's another fantastic character. It's yeah, great to see. Yeah, just great. This might be one of my favorite looking uh, Black series, actually, because, yeah. yeah. Wow, good good pickup. Right yeah, there. it was great. And yeah. uh, the Kanan is available. You can find him yeah. online at least. He's not in stores yet. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed him online. So he's around. So he's probably one that's going to stick around. He doesn't seem to be like the popular ones, like yeah. the Ahsoka yeah. and the Luke here. Surprising, though. He's yeah. a big hit. He's had his own series, too. Yeah, his own comic yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. So it's great to start seeing those kind of trickle in. And yeah. then you also found me as oh, part of yeah. one of these deluxe, <clears throat> the Black Series Starkiller Base Race. This is a Kmart exclusive. Yeah. And looking at the the ray compared to the black series, it was re- released with the original Force Friday wave. Yeah, very similar looking. They've cleaned yeah. up the face sculpt a bit. Exactly. Yeah. And this base is awesome. The base is like yeah. the seller, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is a companion piece to the Kylo Ren Star Killer base, yeah. which is the same box. It's a bigger box. Both come with like the snow bases, and they do have some wash, some white wash up the legs, and so it's yeah. recreating that battle on Star Killer base. Yes. So we've been yet to find. Kylo Ren up here in yeah, Canada. I've been hunting for it. Yeah, and so yeah. this was only forty bucks yeah. too, which is what it's priced at on Big Bad Toy Store in American. Wow, that's good then. Yeah, so it's a good deal because I was looking, I was like, ah, forty bucks. That's you know, it's a bit much for a Black Series figure. For sure, but because it's got the base and it's got the really nice box, and when you look at it with the companion piece for Kylo Ren, yeah. it's it's a good good pickup. Yeah. And now that like looking at the price, and it's because it's exclusive and all that, but it's really great to start seeing stuff like this show up. Yeah. And EB Games is something that, that you told me about, and I've been in a few times. Oh, yeah. That's now seems to be pulling stuff in. Yeah. They're getting exclusive oh, yeah. pops, the Star Wars pops. So anything that was coming out, and I can't remember the video game store in the States that they're coming out in. I think it's GameStop. GameStop, but, yes. But, but it's now GameStop here, too. Oh, it's not it? even EB Games anymore. It's oh, GameStop. So they're getting too. exclusives up here now, exclusives, which is great. Yeah. And excuse, uh, speaking of exclusives, um, E3 also dropped the uh, Lego Star Wars video game. Oh. And if you go out there and pre-order right now, you can get uh, a Lego set that's exclusive for that video game. So go out there and check it for you so Lego Star Wars guys. <laughs> so you're telling me I have to buy a video game, a console. Yeah. So this is an exclusive probably minifigure that's probably like C-3PO with a red arm or something. It's going to cost me like 600 bucks. <laughs> probably. Those things have gotten really expensive now. I think some of these things go up to like two to 300 bucks. These exclusives. Yeah. The Metal Gear one I tried getting that came with an arm. That was like 150 bucks, I think. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, I have else. to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, these, these are great figures and you can really do some cool uh, poses yeah. with these, with these going back to the Black Series um, Starkiller base. Yeah, and that's something. Yeah, I mean, do I need do I need to take this out of the box? I'm an inbox Star Wars collector, yeah. Black Series. But looking at this, it would be really cool to have the Kylo Ren piece with this and having them fighting. It really would. It would look really cool it on the shelf. Be pretty cool. Hopefully, the the Kylo Ren box kind of comes in an opposite. It is opposite. It is okay. So yeah. you can put them even and box to box. Yeah, and he's posed with the the lightsaber. <laughs> he is, he is, yes, he's a good pose. Yeah, actually. he's got like the white wash up his legs. And that, yeah, so I've done a little extra paint too, outs. Eh? Yeah. yeah, not as much. Not as much on the yeah. right. So and then also with the three and three quarter inch, this uh, Takadana Encounter set nice. came out recently. So this is a three and three quarter inch set, so it's a kind of a big square box, 
And it's got Mace Katana, so our first time getting a Mace Katana right. in the three and three quarter inch five POA figure. Wow. And I think this is the only way you can get her. Yeah. And it comes with a repack Ray and Finn. So we're also looking at the three and three quarter inch Ray and Finn, the uh, jungle and desert and snow series or whatever they are. Right. And they're exact repacks of those. Definitely. Yeah. But you also get a BB-8, which I do not have yet in the three and three quarter inch. That's cool. And it's a cool piece. So basically you're paying 30 bucks for a maze and a BB-8. Yeah. Which is a little steep. There's some cool accessories in here. You get the box that the lightsabers found in. Right. In, um, in Maze's castle there. And you get the Ray with her lightsaber. It looks good, actually, that lightsaber, too. Yeah. Turned out pretty well. What's What do these go for, the single figures? They're between 7 and $10 a piece. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's a pretty good deal when you consider you're getting, say, 3 plus BB-8. Yeah. So at 10 bucks a pop, it's 30 bucks plus a BB-8, say, for free, plus all the uh, the accessories. And the box is really cool, too. Yeah, it's nice. It's really well done. And so it's nice. And, you know, when I look at it, is this something that's worth... Thirty bucks? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, so. they're they're stacked pretty deep on the shelves, so they may end up on discount at some point. Oh, okay. Um, and you can find them at Toys R Us or Walmart or whatever. But it's it's a good little buy. It's a nice piece to go with the three and three quarter inch that I've been collecting here for sure. So I haven't been getting like the double packs or anything like that, no. or the ones with the armor up figures and all that. Yeah. Because they're a little more expensive. I've been staying with your more traditional five POA on the nice. small card and all that. Yeah. And this fits in with that collection as well. Definitely. How do you compare these three and three quarter inch to the uh, Black Series ones? So the Black Series ones, so they're a Walmart exclusive. Oh, okay. And so they have the tiny Black Series box. Yeah. You're talking about those, right? Yes, exactly. And those are highly articulated. Oh, they are. So they are, have like yeah. elbow joints, knee joints. That's right. Wrist joints, I believe. Yeah, it's just a little less than the six inch uh, yeah, articulation points. Exactly. Yeah. And but they're twice the price. They're fourteen, wow. fifteen bucks a pop. And they're really hard to find. So some of the other guys that I know that collect these are adamant about collecting these higher articulated action figures, yeah. even at a fourteen dollar price point. Wow. Which isn't something that I got into. I yeah. kind of said I gotta step back, like Definitely. that's a lot. Because you're almost you're kicking up in around your ten dollars short of a black series, six yeah. inch as well, right? Wow. And so collecting all three of those lines, including the die cast, the Disney Store exclusive, you're starting to get not only a lot of repeat characters, yeah. but you're also getting quite expensive. That's that's especially when you get deep lines. For sure. And because those wow. three three quarter inch, like the the seven dollar ones the, the carded Force Awakens ones, yeah. they're I really liked them. They're cheap enough, but the line goes so deep. There's yeah. like 25 plus characters already out yeah. there, and the waves just keep getting hard and hard. And that's something that we've been consistently getting here in Canada is yeah. the waves of the three and three quarter inch. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. not so much the Black Series six inch, with yeah. the exception of the first wave. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy because I remember back in the day, like the toys, toy biz figures, the six inch. You could get those for about 14, 15 bucks. Yeah. Those are six inch. Now these guys are. Yeah, it's getting up there. Yeah, wow. I like these five POA figures. Some people yeah. are upset that they've gone back this route, yeah. but to keep the price point low, yeah. and they remind me a lot of the vintage characters, yeah. the vintage action figures, Definitely. which I really like and I collect. Yeah. And they kind of got the same feel to them. So yeah. I like keeping them in the box. They, they display nicely. they got nice card art. Yeah, they do. I like those a lot, actually. Those are pretty nice. Yeah, and yeah. so some of them are quite hard to find now. I think in subsequent waves, you're going to see release of Kylo Ren and Phasma, which are some of the harder ones to find. Yeah. So keep a lookout for them if you are short. Don't yeah. go again paying scalpers for this kind of stuff. You know, wait it out, and eventually you may have to go to like a Dorkside Toys or a Big Bad yeah. and pay a little more. But don't, like, I really caution against going to eBay. Because yeah. it's even some of the stuff, is it's still going for incredible amounts of money. That Black Panther figure is still going for $70. I, I, I click the refresh button all the time when I go home, and I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It's gonna pop up on yeah. Toys R Us because the uh, the 
Captain America and Iron Man popped up on Toys R Us and the Nuke as well. Nice. That's that's definitely going to be a uh, wave I'm going to get. I'm yeah. Gonna get the whole wave for that one. I like Duke or Nuke. I always call him Duke. <laughs> Duke Nukem. No, I always like Nuke and I always liked um, Black Panther. So yeah. I can't wait to get those. And there's the one odd guy I always ask his name. Red Guardian. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the other one I'll have to get to. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of the, uh, the add-on there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we talked a little bit about video games. Yeah. And Star Wars was another one that dropped some video game information, some trailers at yeah. E3 as well. That's right. Yes, yeah, so we have some tack-ons to Battlefront. Yeah, so we've got some DLC going on with Battlefront, which is okay, I guess. Um, some, sorry, yeah. excuse my ignorance here. Oh, it's all good. What is DLC? Oh, <laughs> so DLC is downloadable content. Okay. Yeah. So it's just so like it's add-ons yeah, it's patches videos. or whatever. Yeah, right? okay. yeah. So there's like a Bestman one? Yeah, so there's a Bestman one. Uh, there's a Lando one yeah. going on. Um, I think there's a Bounty Hunter. There's a That's Death Star cool. one, I Death think. Death Star one. So EA, for as a company, there was a big hiatus in Star Wars games, right? Yeah. It's not getting this Battlefront stuff. Yep. And the promising games in 2017, yeah. 2018. Pretty stoked for all these? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, I love everything Star Wars. But um, going to the video games, the last like awesome... Star Wars video game we got was um, Bioware, which uh, did Star Wars The Old Republic. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 1 and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, which were great uh, RPG, traditional RPG games, uh, which were awesome. And then they, you know, disappeared for a while and then we came back with Battlefront last year, Mm -hmm. which I was really anticipating. And when it came out, I was pretty let down. Because there was no um, campaign mode, which is like a story mode, right? Yeah. Um, It was just all... Just, you know, a multiplayer, basically. Which okay. gets kind of old pretty quick. But they've, you know, they announced they're getting some DLC, which is always always interesting. Um, they also released a uh, VR game going on now. So this VR yeah. game is basically, it's this new thing that Sony's pushing. Actually, pretty much every console's pushing where it's literally a virtual reality set. You put it over your head and you're now in like a TIE fighter. Cool. Which is, it's kind of cool. I guess if you're into like the virtual reality thing, it's cool. But me, yeah. I'm a traditional hold the controller, look at my TV and play yeah. kind of guy. So it might be something you could do for a night or two or have a couple of yeah. buddies over and plug in. Yeah, but the, definitely. Yeah, it might wear a bit quick. It might wear, right, yeah. So, uh, which is kind of funny because Star Trek actually released something else going on with this VR, which actually looked a lot more appealing in my opinion at E3. So we won't go there because this is Star Wars. We're not talking Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's also another thing going on. I um, So that was DICE. I think DICE is doing the VR game. And then we also have Visceral, which is under, I believe, EBA, EA. Okay. Um, and they're doing a, this this unknown project, uh, another Star Wars game. It seems kind of like a, a third-person game, which is basically behind the shoulder where the camera yeah. takes place. Um, that one I'm actually excited for. Okay, That's the cool. one I'm looking forward to. And then there's more DLC coming out for this MMO game they have, which is called Star Wars Old Republic. Not to be confused with Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, that game takes place about 4,000 years before Episode Four. But we still don't know if this is canon or not, this whole yeah, thing going on. Uh, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. No. Like, they're never going to touch it. No, definitely not. But I, I think I think the majority of the crowd, the fans, they just want Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 3. That's what everybody yeah. wants. That's what basically um, gave birth to Revan, which yeah. everybody loves, right? So, 
We'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, yeah. well it's good to see there's lots on the horizon there. Cause there is. For someone, at some point, it didn't look like we were going to get a lot of stuff. As when Disney bought, they kind of canceled some of the games yeah. that were coming out. They were in uh, in concept and development mode. Yes. And now we're getting all this stuff coming out. Like I said, I don't play video games, yeah. but I always like to see more content for Star Wars coming out. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's just funny that you say that because that game uh, developer is telling me about uh, Visceral. Or Visceral. Um, it looks like they're kind of taking bits and pieces of the canceled Disney game. Okay. And bringing it to the forefront. So I can't remember what it's called, okay. but that's talked about in the How the Star Wars Conquer the Universe. Oh, how that whole Lucasfilm division, oh. when it went over to Disney, yeah. was kind of halfway or three quarters of the way through yeah. putting this game together, and it was completely shut down. Yeah, I think it's called, was it like 1313? Yeah, that's it. Was it. that? Yeah, yeah it's 1313. Yeah. It looked cool. I saw the trailer for this thing, and it's like, whoa, this is awesome. We didn't know if it was going to be Han Solo, maybe Dash Vendar. Seemed like one of those kind of characters, and then yeah, the, the plug got pulled. So. Shelf. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So with the end of Rebels, yes, at least this season, and waiting until December to get Rogue One, yeah, we kind of got a gap here. Yeah, it looks like Disney is firmly inserting a new TV show into that hole. Yeah, called Lego Freemakers Adventures. Yes. So we watched the trailer. I was dying yeah. <laughs> watching this thing. This is awesome. Yeah, it dropped the other day. It's a non-canon TV series. It's Lego yeah. satirical. Yeah. It plays a little bit on itself. Yeah. And it looks fantastic. It looks hilarious. It looks really... You know what? This is way better, in my eyes, than the uh, Batman Lego trailer. Yeah. This was hilarious. Like Every scene was just making me laugh. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. And it plays on this... The Droid Tales, I believe it's called. The Lego Droid Tales. Okay. And it again, it's pointing out a little bit about some of the inconsistencies and some of the goofy stuff in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. At the same time, telling a story. Yeah. Exactly. So this is telling a story about a family of scavengers. Yeah. And it showed in the trailer there that... They're kind of after the Death Star blows up or after the, the, the Rebels and the Empire are fighting. Yeah. They're going in and scooping up like all the busted apart TIE fighters and yeah. all that. And then it focuses around a Force-sensitive kid yeah. who finds a Kyber Saber. Right. So this goes back to this concept. And I don't know if this is canon. I think it's still canon. I think it is. This concept yeah. of the Kyber crystals. Yeah. And that's what powers your lightsabers, the, the Death, Death Star. Star. Yeah was a portion of it and we do see that it must be canon because you do see the concept of cover crystals popping up in clone wars as well yes and so it's it's a kind of a cool concept to explore something that hasn't been kind of thrusted out to the forefront this concept of of the Kyber crystal yeah and it's it's really cool and i it looks funny it looks really and funny. we get vader and emperor and dengar you yeah. see them in the trailer so we're probably going to get a lot of original trilogy characters kind oh, of mixed yeah. in this so it's set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay, nice. So it's, again, another area that hasn't been explored very much, That's either true. by comics or film or TV. Yeah. So it's like kind of the, you have this whole open area. Definitely. And being this non-canon, you can kind of probably take some liberties with some of the characters. For sure. And make it a bit more funny, play yeah. a little bit on that. And being the Lego stuff, it's taking truly that form of kind of the Batman, the oh, Troy yeah. all that stuff that's kind of in that Lego world. Definitely. So it looks pretty cool. I'm really excited for this. And the fact that it kind of explores something a little different, yeah. and we get some old, old uh, original trilogy characters and something new, and yeah. it fills that void in as far as visually watching Star Wars stuff for the next couple of months. For sure. So I take it this is probably like a Disney XD yeah. exclusive. Yeah, and it yeah. drops June 20th. Is oh, the, okay. the premiere date, so in a, a week or so. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, make sure to set your PVRs or whatever for that. Yeah. Just check out the first couple episodes. I'm sure it'll be worth a laugh. It's probably only so. like 20 minutes long or something. Yeah. The Disney XD stuff usually isn't a, the full half hour or whatever, but yeah. um, it'll be good. I think it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be good. Just going off that trailer, like I said, it was, it was hilarious. I kind of liked how they borrowed um, the kind of the announcer from the Rebels. No, from the Clone Wars. 
series. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was a lot like yeah. that, wasn't it? Like that last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah. And so the last thing we're going to talk about here is the Star Wars Fan Film Awards. Yeah. So this is a concept that Lucasfilm sponsors, and it was something that was originally established in 2002. Cool. And then it was taken away for a few years, and then came back two years ago. Wow. So what it is is fans can submit whether it's you know short stories or short films, uh, mockumentaries, short documentaries of Star Wars fandom, and some of this is you know very technically sound that yeah. uses like major CGI oh, yeah. and plays with very dark stories or stories that are explaining little things that the movies don't explain, yeah. or taking a completely different route and you know looking at the the life of a stormtrooper, yeah, or it's going into kind of this mockumentary style thing, yeah. and they're really well done. They are fantastic, yeah. And StarWars.com has the top twenty five posted on their website, and this is for the fan choice or audience choice award. As fans are able to go in and watch these and then vote after, and the an award gets presented to the audience choice along with the other awards yeah. at Celebration this year. Nice. And so we get to contribute a little bit to Celebration, which is pretty cool. That's so cool. And I just can't believe the quality of some of these. Right. And they're everything from comedy to more of a satirical take. Yeah. You have cartoon in there. You have documentary type things. You have yeah. very serious, very technically sound short films. And they're all about four to five minutes long. Yeah. Some are even three minutes long. Yeah, so it's easy to breeze right through. Exactly. Yeah. So I just sat kind of over the last week or so and yeah. looked through them. What we're going to do is kind of just choose our top three. Cool. And then kind of debate a bit about those and just land on what we're going to vote for here and kind of stick Sweet. that in. Because the voting closes on June 19th. Okay. At midnight. So yeah. you can vote once a day sort of thing. But I'm just going to throw one vote in for yeah. my favorite single one here. The awards that they do give out at Celebration is, you know, if you have a Filmmaker Select Award. So I guess that's where all the filmmakers select um, a particular movie or a fan film that's been made. You have Best on Fiction, Comedy, Animation, Spirit of the Fandom, and Best Visual Effects. Oh, nice. Uh, so there's lots of awards given yeah. out, and there's been so much time and effort put into these. Oh, I've seen yeah. some of the behind the scenes on a couple of them showing like they got like actual crews working, oh. and you know guys developing stories, yeah. and surely people doing a ton of time on like a, a Mac or whatever they've done this oh, yeah. this CGI on because some of it looks very very it's, well it's done. Great. Definitely. And they're using drones for the some of the shots. Oh no and, way! Yeah, it looks cool. really cool. Yeah. Let's 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 lay down our top three. I've actually cool. got five. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and then maybe we could talk a bit about some of the ones. So the first one I got here is called TK four three seven. So this is probably the most kind of grittier film that I've looked at because I really enjoyed some of the more comedic, satirical, documentary yeah. type ones. But this one, you know, technically it looked fantastic. Yeah, it was about an Imperial stormtrooper who's kind of like forced to confront. Um, his past yes. while kind of in the heat of battle yeah. it's so well done I like, love that one it was so good and and it had you know a lot of the concepts that Finn struggled with yeah. in The Force Awakens it seemed to parallel that a bit definitely. while also taking it in its own direction yeah. and it's definitely one that sits out at the top of the list both for kind of the, the whole technical aspect of it the CGI but also the story I kind of felt a bit there so for I really sure. enjoyed that yeah it's really interesting too to see these stormtroopers do things we've never seen them do before like that one scene when he has the like a drone and he throws it up and yeah. it kind of goes to to check out where the snipers are or who's attacking yeah yeah that's that awesome. really cool I've never seen that done before yeah. in Star Wars so I really liked uh, what yeah, they did that's there yeah and then he allowed his sniper to, to set up and, and shoot in that yeah. yeah that's really cool so yeah good job um, yeah what was it it was uh, the storm stormtrooper story right yeah I think it's called TK437 yeah oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah like that one so what do yeah. you got uh, so well that was one of mine uh, that one there and I, I really liked uh, Star Wars Exile 
Okay. That yeah. one was pretty cool. Uh, some cool uh, lightsaber duels. That's what the one with the guy with the white face paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was he was interesting. I yeah. like that guy. That was pretty cool. And it is kind of neat to see, at least it came off like this way, the student's master was persuaded to go to the dark side. Yeah. While he kind of fled. And I really liked uh, like the inner dark side voices talking in and out. I thought that's cool because we never really got to hear no. that before. So uh, I like that one. It was an interesting take. Yeah. yeah, definitely. My next one I got here, and this is one of my favorites. This one's competing for me for my vote. Cool. It's called Generations. Oh. And so it's about a young boy. Yeah. He's he's in the tent with his grandfather. Yeah. And they're bonding over the joy of Star Wars. Oh, that's cool. And I can beat that. The grandfather is pretending to be a Jedi, talking to the to the grandson. And they're going through, and he's telling different stories, and basically taking the grandson through all the different movies. Like, oh, and he has the action figures, you know, speeding on Tatooine, and oh, yeah. they ended up on Hoth, and he opened up a freezer, and he got all the action figures in the freezer. Oh, no way. And you know, and then, they, oh. then they're kind of you know going through some of the plants in the house and they're on Endor. Oh, and it's just really great. It really gave me the feels. I gotta check that one out. And it really kind of hit me like this is portraying what Star Wars is to a lot of people. Yes, it's a way to bond across generations, as this is trying to describe. But it's also something that you know you can just sometimes sit back and just be a kid. Yeah, this is like an 80 year old man that's got the action figures out playing with his grandson. And it just really made me feel good about Star Wars, the Star Wars community, yeah. and what it all means to people. Definitely. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But the other one, I, you know, I, I didn't even put it down, but it was uh, basically Kylo Ren. We got to see Kylo Ren yeah. in this one. That was the last one I watched. That was the last one I saw? I can't saw? remember okay. what, I, what it's called. But. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's pretty cool. Some good effects there. You know, um, the director of that one, he did some great stuff. Some of those shots where, you know, Kylo catches uh, the force beam which we yeah. all seen in force awakenings but he did a really cool trick there with the camera when it went from behind his shoulder to the beam itself coming at him i thought that was really well yeah. done and then after the shot after um he goes back to the victim that he just took out and he grabs the chain the whole time he's walking he has his fist up in the air and then he just lets go of his fist and that's right when he does that he lets go of that beam and it takes out the guy that shot him yeah I thought that was so well done. It's just executed so well. And that's something I noticed in the background because that would have been very easy for a film like this where they don't have the, the ability or the time or the money to keep that beam back there. Right. But you can see it lit up in the right. background. It's being held. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. And then it's he like, just puts his arm down yeah. and hits yeah. the guy. <laughs> yeah, that was a great awesome. one. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, it was really good. And then jump onto the more comedic side, some cool. of the ones I liked a bit more. So there's one that was called uh, Star Wars Behind the Saber. Yeah. And it, it's this kind of office mockumentary type filming where nice. it goes behind the scenes of what they're calling the latest Star Wars film and this kind of visionary director. Oh, yeah. It's a bit crazy. <laughs> and so it's it does them showing them doing scenes and then it pans to them kind of doing the sit down interview nice. in front of the camera. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I thought it was going to be like on in a Star Wars movie and now he wants me to do this and that. And like he brings on a, a little person and he's yeah. like, well, you're going to be Yoda. And the guy's like, I thought you told me I was going to be a Jedi. And he goes, well, you kind of are. And then it pans to him and he has like his his moment where he sits there and talks. And yeah. then the director talks and it's just fantastic. That's and then a guy awesome. from Disney shows up and he's oh, like, yeah? you know, is this under the content rules? And I was just really, really well done. <laughs> it's really funny because I kind of always like that office look. I it's, love that. And it's uh, that Parks and Rec sort yes, of yeah. interview style. That's that so documentary. Good. So they go that road with it and it's really cool because when I first looked at this, I thought it was all going to be like these really technically sound, darker, kind of trying to tell a story within the Star Wars universe. But yeah. going and seeing quite a few of these are actually comedic takes yeah. 
on Star Wars themselves. So and this cute. one in particular about filmmakers and the, the whole film process was quite yeah. funny. And what's your, uh, you have another one? I, I gave up my top three. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's, that was my fourth or my <laughs> third. And I also have one called Intern of a Jedi. Oh, which okay. is a, another pretty cool one. It's a different take. It's about a young writer yeah. who doesn't know anything about Star Wars, oh, yeah. but somehow gets an interview to be an intern in the writing room for Episode Nine. So he goes to his neighbor, who's a big Star Wars fanatic, yeah. like you and I, yeah. to teach him everything about Star Wars. And you see him and his kid, and they're going around and basically putting through like almost like a, a Rocky-esque kind of montage where he's like learning nice. all this stuff and he's talking like Yoda sometimes nice. and he's spitting out some of the, the the key scenes like I love you I know and stuff like that like it's really really great that's awesome and it's again it's one of these ones that kind of projects you to the real world it's like what would you do if a friend came to you and said teach me everything about Star Wars yeah. and that's where it kind of put my mindset there I was Whoa. like yeah, yeah this is really cool that's something that I would do for sure so creative eh, what they're doing yeah yeah my last one I had there was uh, the Sable Corsier which is it's just it's again it's one of these more universe grounded short films yeah and it's about a crew of smugglers that find themselves fighting kind of for survival on this you know off-world planet yeah and again it's just really well done the graphics are great the fighting's great and it's it's another one of these ones that kind of sticks out to me as something like yeah i could see that in the star wars universe or something similar to that happening right in kind of this off corner of the universe yeah and so it's pretty cool good stuff so again these things like i said at the top are really well done. I really stress going and check these out as your Star Wars fans support these creators. For sure. And some of these are left hanging. So expect, you know, if these are received really well, these people could put the effort into and end up with some sort of web series. That's true. And this is content that Lucasfilm allows to be produced. Um, as long as it's not stepping on some of the rules they have. I know right. there's some boundaries to what they can actually produce. Yeah. But at the end of the day, really well done. A lot of fun to sit and watch. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting watching the the reveal of the awards at celebration yeah i can't wait so what are you giving your vote to out of the three that you've uh, out chosen of the there? three i'm gonna have to go most likely with the stormtrooper story the t tk437 that's that 436 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 403 <laughs> 702 cool. yeah no that, that's gonna have to probably get my uh my vote there awesome yeah I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to go so i'm bouncing between that one and generations yeah I'm going to have to give it to Generations. Nice, nice. It gave me that, like I said, the feels. Oh, yeah. It really made Star Wars feel special. And I really like that. That's yeah. how I feel about Star Wars, how I want to feel with my kids or my grandchildren sure. or something like that in the future. Yeah. I really like how it spoke to me yeah. through the film and through what they're trying to convey this message of, you know, Star Wars is for everyone. Star Wars yeah. is forever. And you can connect. You can bond over this. Definitely. Yeah. So go out there and check out, what's it, StarWars.com. StarWars.com. Yeah fan film or whatever yeah. type it into google yeah, voting it. ends on june 19th so make right. sure you check them out and get your vote in for these to make sure the one that you love actually wins and for let us know sure. which ones you guys liked it's yeah. something different she liked the more technical ones the ones that were you know heavy on the cgi or ones that fit more into the kind of this grounded universe or are you like me did you like some of the comedy or the the more personal takes for sure um, on some of these kind of displaying fandom yeah, yeah. But yeah, show your support. These guys worked very hard on these. You can tell, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. You can see the effort there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. These weren't just done whipped up with an iPhone. These no. are, they got some serious time behind them. Absolutely. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for Star Wars this week. Oh. You know, we, we talked through a lot here, yeah. and there's still a lot more, you know? Oh, there always is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always. So, in the coming weeks, guys, here we got some comic book reviews coming up. We oh, got yeah. our DC Rebirth, oh, supported yeah. by Alpha Comics here in Calgary. Yeah, big thanks. Uh, yes, we got some big things coming down the pipe for superman batman 
this whole rebirth thing yes. that I'm getting into. I'm wading into, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. loving it. I just finished doing uh, Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. I'm going to go after my detective comics and action comics, but... DC Rebirth, this has been fantastic. I'm yeah. loving it. And it's Civil War 2. Yeah, we got the great. next one dropping this week. Civil War Issue 2. Issue 2, yeah, yeah that's right. So. I just did Spidey last week. How was it? I didn't pick it up. Uh, Spider-Man was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't bad at all. Good, because I yeah. looked at it, and there's also the Gods of War. With I didn't Hercules, grab that, right? yeah. It yeah. looked like a very Hercules-centric story. It didn't look like it was tying into the main story that much. Yeah. So I kind of was like, ah, maybe this will be a pass or something I pick up later. Right. I should get this Spidey, though. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Spidey's, uh, Spidey's pretty good. Going off a little topic here, you've been reading Iron Man yeah. lately. Have you been seeing the Iron Man and Spider Man stuff going back yeah. and forth? It's been hilarious. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. I just did um I think Spider Man twelve. So Spider Man, Iron Man, and Miles Morales are all in there. And yeah. there is uh there's some stuff being talked about in this in this comic that's just blows my mind yeah. it's so funny and again are they leveraging a bit of this this homecoming that's coming down the pipe right. with Iron Man Spider Man kind of playing off each other yeah Go, going off topic again I was going to ask you actually do you know much what's going on with Tony Stark's like memory has something happened because it seems like he doesn't know who uh, Spider Man is underneath the mask like he doesn't know who Peter Parker is no which is weird because he's yeah, like lived he, with him and... yeah and he's questioning he says how does Mary Jane have Spider Man's personal number yeah and there's not that relationship with Peter Parker yeah, yeah I don't know what's going something on something going on and, and, and Spider Man's called him out in it too like Spider Man's like dude I lived at your house you designed my costume you don't remember me and he's like no a lot of people stayed at my house yeah I'm like really that's, <laughs> that's so something so, must have happened yeah, maybe so with the extreme not yeah. the extremist the um, superior Iron Man maybe something along those yeah, lines yeah or something from Secret Wars Se- yeah. I don't know yeah so we're still looking for the follower of all that yeah but so we might gap. be seeing the seeds kind of planted there yeah. right yeah um, so we'll see we'll yeah. see uh. well, lots of good stuff we've got Independence Day like I said I'm super stoked about we're going to be reviewing that yeah for sure and at some point Sanjay's going to come back at some point don't know why. Yeah, he might be on the same island that Luke's on. Yeah. <laughs> far off island. With no cell phone reception. No, yeah, no cell phone. He probably doesn't know it's the Skywalker right beside him. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this old dude? Yeah. Why are you dressed like that? Yeah, what's a lightsaber? <laughs> oh, Sanjay. <laughs> all right, guys. As always, it's a pleasure talking Star Wars, comics, all that kind of great oh, yeah. stuff. Definitely. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. Dude, I've, I've got to get out and get some more Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, 1912 Podcasting, and Troy, the Boy 87